Hour number two. It's the Gimme Zone right here. Happy Saturday, everyone. Good morning. We're entering that good afternoon window, but we're not there quite yet. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. We have got a tasty, a juicy, a very enticing, interesting leaderboard heading into moving day this afternoon from out at the Genesis Invitational. And we'll be keeping tabs on all of that. Well, I guess... I guess there's not going to be a ton to report on the way of movement until after we sign off, but we'll we'll share some of our thoughts before we get out of here. One of the names that we wondered, would he be around or not? One Tiger Woods, who went birdie, birdie, birdie to close on day one, and then uh, obviously day two, not nearly as good for Tiger Woods. But what did, what did you think? Tiger Woods makes the cut, Brian, and I'll be honest, I – Said it right here last week. I didn't think he. I think. I think my phrasing was. I don't think he'd make the cut in his backyard course. Last week is what I said. So uh, I was dead wrong on that. Tiger uh, proved me wrong. What did you think? Well, Josh, I think we were both wrong because I said uh, no go on the cut as well. But I will tell you, I watched a lot of day one, and you know, a lot of the coverage on TV had Tiger, and so so gave me that opportunity. What I noticed was. He seems to be – the leg looks a lot better. I mean, I was shocked at how well he is moving. Now, it was day one, and it's not, you know, the final round and a four-round event to see how that holds up. But he drove the ball fantastically day one. Day two kind of started hitting it all over the lot, which is a little more Tiger uh, issues. But I was shocked at how far he was hitting it, and i got to tell you, I'm, there's probably a lot of people getting ready to go out and uh, to, to buy the uh, that Bridgestone golf ball, Jackson. What do you think? Well, the Bridgestone golf ball is my is my ball of choice when I go out and play, and I will. I'm not here to advertise that, but that is. I mean, it's a good golf ball. It's a good golf ball, and t- Tiger. No one expected Tiger to go out and really do what he did on day one. If we're being very honest with ourselves, Tiger's surprised. Except for Tiger, maybe. Except for Tiger. And so I'm going to go ahead and round it out. We went three for three as far as being wrong here in this studio. All of us unanimously said he was not making the cut, and he proved us all wrong. And Tiger really did some Tiger-esque things, especially coming down 16, 17, 18. I mean, that scene on 18 with Justin holding it out off the fringe, Rory making that final putt after Tiger dropped in his bomb for birdie. That was an absolutely amazing scene for the golfing world, especially this year. That is going to be such a good narrative going forward, that scene on 18 after day one. Now, we know Tiger shot three over on day day number two, but it was really good to see that Tiger can still do some very Tiger-esque things. And even though he shot three over on day number two, he nearly had two aces as well. He had a couple of really good par three birdies. He had a really good iron game. And that's something that he's kind of been lacking a little bit. The only thing that's really still holding him back, Tiger Woods, right now, and he said it after his round on uh, yesterday, was his putter. He was not holding as many putts as he would have liked to, but Tiger is still trying to figure it out, and... Honestly, you can talk about him coming into this coming into this weekend, and really you can factor him however much of a degree you want to for Augusta. If he keeps playing like this and he's able to stay healthy, but Brian, you're absolutely right. That leg looks fantastic for, for how 
horrible of an accident that was and where we thought he would be right now. It was a great job. It was a great job by Tiger to get around. So one thing that we threw out there for discussion, Scheffler, is he the Masters favorite? I'd like to I'd like to really explore that here in just a moment. But before we do, since we're talking Tiger, does does this these first couple of rounds, do you entertain in any way Brian, that it's realistic that he could contend at Augusta after what you saw, 36 holes. Yes. And I never thought last week I would have said I was completely crazy for saying something like that. But what he showed me is that he can still hit the shots. And the putting, I really think he can work on and probably fix. And nobody puts better to Augusta than Tiger. Now, clearly Tiger in his prime, which is a whole other debate for talking heads in the media this week, what prime means. But we'll leave that one alone. The, the whole issue is if he gets it going and he believes that he can win, and we, t- we discussed this topic last week, does he really, really still believe he can win or is he out there just kind of to be ceremonial? He made it very clear in comments this week that he will not ever be ceremonial and that the day he thinks he can no longer win, he's not going to play. So I got to think that he's further along and better with that leg than even he imagined. And, and I, you know, my, my thought process is he, he might have one or two more chances if that thing continues to hold up for him. And Tiger Woods, Brian nailed it right on the head. He's, his swing is just as good as anybody else's right now. I mean, as far as his feel, what he's comfortable doing, he can do anything he wants with a golf ball. I remember, I remember, on, the, I remember on day one they pulled up his uh, ball speed stats for his driver. He had a couple. He got up to 180 miles an hour. Tour average is 174. And so he's going out there, and he's not just hitting the golf ball. He's powerful. He's still powerful. Obviously, there was the whole controversy with Tiger and Justin Thomas. Uh, that, that, it, it did that take happened. on a life of its own. It did take on a life of its own, for sure. A little bit of a feminine product exchange there. But banter between two good friends, him and Justin Thomas. But Tiger Woods is as capable of going out, and if he can stay healthy, as capable of winning again as anybody on the tour. It's just a matter of stringing it together for four days. He's got to work on it a little bit more. He has to overcome a few more challenges. But Augusta, final round him, Tiger Woods on Sunday, it's not an afterthought. It's something we can seriously entertain. And like Brian said, if you'd asked us that two weeks ago before you know, he committed to the Genesis, that's – such a far cry in the in the in a better direction than the where we were situationally with Tiger Woods. Well, and I think that Brian, you touched on the element of all of this that is probably most important. Sure, Tiger Woods for for four rounds, it's not inconceivable that he can hit the types of shots to go contend and perhaps win a golf tournament and perhaps win a major championship. He's Tiger freaking Woods. We've seen him do it how many times? Uh, 15 times in terms of major championships, but 82 times we've seen him dominate or win a golf tournament. So, look, he's he's got the shot making 
within within the the mind within uh, the body. It's the getting around the golf course and physically the mental strain side of it that honestly I kind of was a little concerned about. And when you said physically from point A to point B to point C, he looks better than he did a year ago. That to me, that's the most that's the largest takeaway, Brian. Oh, for sure. And, and it, it, you know, the, the difference is each golf course is, is fairly different and depending on how steep the hills and slopes are within a course. And, and that will go a long ways to what his body can handle. But what I see is his mind is, is still there in the sense that he believes and really believes he can win. And I, and I, when I evaluate somebody's iron play, it's easy to look at the whole of the golf round. I look at how they hit shots on the par threes because the par threes tend to not be wedge shots. And so when you're hitting a longer iron or a mid iron, how good are you with those? And Jackson referenced this. He almost had two hole in ones yesterday. Whereas, you know, when you're playing a par four or a par five, you know, the par fives, they're getting home in two or they're getting right up around the green for a short pitch shot. A lot of the par fours, when these guys are hitting as long as they are now, they're putting nine irons and eight irons and wedges in their hands. Show me a guy that can hit those middle irons and, and longer irons good, and I'll and you'll show me somebody that can win a golf tournament. And I'm encouraged. I'm, as I've stated before, I'm not a huge Tiger Woods fan, but certainly appreciate how great he is and what he's done for the game. So I think he could still possibly win the guess. I don't see him being able to win any other major championship. Okay, so let's take it one step further. Will Tiger Woods win it at Augusta again? Well, I think he has a very short window. I think if he doesn't do it this year or next, it's probably a no-go. But I think he's putting all all his chips in the middle of the table for this year. Don't you, Jackson? It, he needs to. Tiger has to do it this year. Um, we don't know where he's going to be the year following. We know where he's at now. And it's in a good place. He knows he's in a good place. And so if you know you're in a good place, you have to put together good results while you're still while your body still allows you to do it. And so he's going to be putting everything he can into trying to get into this event. I would probably say he plays at the players around Sawgrass just to give him a little bit because that's a big enough event. He's going to want to put his name out there as well. And that gives him a little extra opportunity to go out there and play. We'll probably see him play one or two more times before Augusta. And so how he plays there is going to determine how well-suited he is physically to be able to do it. But Brian's absolutely right. This is the year he needs to really focus and put his effort into going out and winning winning the Masters. And it's not – I mean, look, we've seen other guys win tournaments when they the game comes in and it's – just in horrible shape, right? But I do think, generally speaking, generally speaking, we see guys trending up normally before they they go win a golf tournament, and certainly for major championships. So with all of that in mind, hey, it's been nice for Tiger Woods that he went birdie, birdie, birdie on Thursday. It's uh, good that he did just enough to make the cut line here, uh, obviously at the Genesis Invitational, but in those one or two events that you're talking about, Jackson, to me – if we're going to take it a step further and say, okay, he's got a chance to contend at Augusta, he better contend in one of those two events or be, 
you know, within some type of shouting distance of the top of the leaderboard, Brian, right? I mean, for us to have any sort of realistic, I don't even want to say confidence, but any sort of realistic opportunity for him to go win at Augusta? No, Josh, you, you nailed it right there. You know, we're all impressed at how well his leg looked and how he hit certain shots and got around the golf course. But let's be realistic still. He's 11 shots off the pace right <laughs> Right. Now. And that's after two rounds. So at the same pace, you're 22 shots worse than the champion if the same pace holds. So that's a far cry from winning that tournament. However, we have said many times in the past, and, and most of the experts in golf have said, Augusta's a course that you really have to know to play well. And he does that. Can you really see him staring down and beating John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, or somebody like that in the final round when he needs to come back from two down? Does it, Jackson, do you, you see that? It's it's a long shot. I can entertain a I can entertain a thought. I can entertain a situation, but nothing in which I could see that being the primary case. Brian, you're right. Tiger has to do something special, and other players need to have some mess-ups along the way, namely those those top three players that we're talking about in, you know, in, in McElroy. McElroy, I think, is a fair, is a fair option. you got to entertain the possibility of him winning the Masters this year as well. I know that it's supposed to been his it's supposed to have been his time already. We don't know if he will, but he's playing as good a golf as he has ever in his career. But Tiger, really needs to focus getting healthy, really work on his putting. I mean, he has to putt his 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 mind out. The rest of his game will take care of itself, but the putting really has to get a lot better for Tiger Woods if he wants to be in contention with your John Roms, with your Scotty Schefflers, and potentially your Max Homas if he keeps playing the way he's playing this year. Tiger's got a little bit of ways to go, and I think some other players have to make some mistakes. But it's not outside the realm of possibility, I don't think, Josh. To make up two shots against Rom, Scheffler, McElroy, even even somebody like Morikawa, who hasn't been, you know, is playing well this week, but generally speaking, the last however many months hasn't been trending up. I I, I don't see it versus any of those guys, Brian. And correct me if I'm wrong, before his major championship at the Masters. I, didn't Tiger lead going into the final round of every major championship that he had won? Isn't it just that Masters in 2019 that he's come from behind on the final day, or is that incorrect? No, Josh, I believe you're correct on that. Tiger was always a guy that got out early and set the pace on many of his his tournament victories, not just the majors. He, you know, while he's clearly in his prime, was very capable of going low over the weekend and coming from behind. That didn't tend to be the pattern. He tended to be one of the best front runners, and people feared him. Once he was up, they feared him. Now, they don't fear him. They may say, wow, he's a golf icon, but I, I can't imagine John Rom going, yeah, I, I'm going to have to get two aside from this guy to play him. The, the only part of that that I'll give a little bit of credence to is – there's no roar like a tiger roar at Augusta. And that I don't think would shake some of these top guys because, simply put, they're just better than Tiger Woods right now. But that's the only part of it where I could say, okay, playing with Tiger in a final pairing, 
maybe that maybe that rocks you a little bit just to see like wow okay there there's nobody here in this gallery that's pulling for me everybody in this gallery is pulling for Tiger Woods but uh obviously he's got a lot of work to do to have any sort of chance to be in that kind of position let's share a little bit of what Tiger Woods had to say on Thursday after he polished up uh, his his opening solid round of uh two under par and then uh, we've got the leader right now. We've got comments from Max Homa as well. The Genesis Invitational in full swing, which, speaking of full swing, Jackson, I think you watched the Netflix documentary. Have you watched it in full already? I have seen the entire documentary, yes, the entire docuseries. Brian, have you watched any of this on Netflix yet? I have not yet, but I plan to. So, Brian, you and I are in the same same category here, same boat. I have not watched it either, but... Maybe that could be part of our homework for next week is actually watching at least one or two episodes, Brian. I don't think that you and I can knock out the full series in one week's time, but maybe we can knock out one episode or two. But I would welcome any of your thoughts out there. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have have sat back and, like Jackson, either binged or watched a couple of episodes of Full Swing. So I'd be curious to get a little bit of feedback what you think about the uh, Netflix documentary series on the PGA Tour, really just the golf world in general, it's titled Full Swing on Netflix. So we can talk about that. Shoot us a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. It's the Gimme Zone here with you on a Saturday on The Wrap. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Back with you this live here. It's the Gimme Zone. So happy to be hanging out with you right here on a Saturday. If for some reason you're out and about, you're driving around, and you're listening to us, well, I would just say every Saturday, 10 to noon, unless some other uh, event with, you know, other broadcasting responsibilities would push us up in the schedule on a Saturday, we're here every Saturday talking golf with you from 10 to noon. I'm Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard and Jackson Robottom right here. We call this The Ref, and again, this is the Gimme Zone. So, we, uh, we're just getting underway with round number three from the Genesis Invitational down in Pacific Palisades, the Riviera Country Club. It is Max Homa out in front. He's 10 under par right now, several chasing, just one stroke behind. That is Keith Mitchell. That is John Rahm. That is Lee Hodges. Uh, Other big names to watch, all of these folks teeing off really right after noon. So as soon as we sign off, that's when uh, the big names on moving day will will go off. Morikawa, he is eight under par. Let's see here. Patrick Cantlay is seven under. McElroy is at six. Kucher, can I still say that Kucher's a, a big name, Brian? Well, he is. And he <laughs> you had to pause there. I don't know if you were sold. <laughs> no, I'm not sold. He, uh, he tends to play really well in certain events, and, and he's really good about keeping his ball in play. And so, you know – He's just not consistent enough putting. But, you know, for a guy of his age, he's he still got quite a lot of game. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be much of a threat at majors or anything of that nature. So not a big name. We're probably all in all in consensus there. But a familiar name, right? People know the name Matt Kuchar. He's at six under par. Uh, Danny Willett, former Masters champion, five under. Gary Woodland, U.S. Open champion. He is at five under. Zalatoris, Mr. Near Miss. In several uh, major championships, uh, young golfer, a lot of promise there. He's five under par. And then the man who uh, won last week at the WM Phoenix Open, Scotty Scheffler, Mr. 
five wins to the resume. He is four under par along with Shane Lowry and Tommy Fleetwood. So that's what the board looks like at the moment. What about Max Homa? What's uh, what's he thinking two rounds in? This is uh, Max yesterday talking with the media. Max, how does leading uh, after 36 feel compared to how it might have felt in 2019? Oh, uh, I'm much more comfortable. I was really proud that was the first time I've been leading after day one and to play a good round of golf, whether I was leading or not, didn't really matter. You know, it's a long way to go, but that was cool. But, yeah, anytime you have the lead, it's it's fun. Uh, but I think I would have been a bit more of a nervous wreck. I kind of feel like should be doing this uh, when I'm playing well, and I am playing well. So, um, yeah, uh, it's exciting. Uh, 36 hole leads are awesome. Like I said, there's a long way to go, but um, – Regardless, I mean, I can rest on the fact that I'm playing great golf, and uh, I'm just going to go try to do that for two more days. He just seems like such a laid-back guy, doesn't he, Brian? No, he is. And, you know, he's got more confidence in himself, but it was still interesting to hear him talking about being a nervous wreck. And so that part is kind of surprising to hear from a tour player as accomplished as he is. But just to show you he's human, and uh, you know, he's definitely a guy that I can pull for because I think he is one of the coolest guys on tour. Jackson, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think many people on tour would say that if you're not nervous, you don't care. And so if he's a nervous wreck, then he cares a lot uh, by that same measure. So Max Homa going in there and playing well, it's good to see somebody who, one, can overcome their nerves as well. Remember, he's leading the tournament right now. So through 36, through 36 holes, and he's won tournaments before. So he's going to have a little bit of a different situation. I don't think he's led a tournament before that he's that he's won. So he he's starting out in front, which means he's he's setting the bar. So it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to see how he reacts to that pressure, not coming from behind. But Max Holm is one of those guys. I don't think anybody could root against him. I don't think anyone really has the the reason to. So Max Holm is really exciting guy to watch. He this has week. done nothing to make anybody do anything but root for him. Just since uh, we teased it heading into last break, here was Tiger Woods uh, talking about his finish on Thursday. How about that? I know. I know. That's better. How are you feeling out there throughout the day? Uh, ebbs and flows. and It was nice that uh, I had this unbelievable pairing. So two, two great guys, two great friends, and the atmosphere was fantastic. The, the people were obviously very supportive. Um, they were just cheering all of us on, which was great, and I just made this whole this tournament better. And uh, I happened to actually hit some some good shots finally, and um, made a couple of putts. And uh, even though I had a little mishap at, at ten, but I was able to fight back and kind of get it going. And it was a nice finish. So there was Tiger Woods. Uh, that was not post Friday. That was post Thursday when he went birdie, birdie, birdie to close. So we could talk more and more about the Genesis Invitational. But before we get you out of here, Brian, I know that you're skipping out before we uh, – well, you're skipping out after this segment right here, and we got Ben Lorenz coming up next from Oklahoma Golf. I wanted to share a little bit of the breaking news this morning and just get your reaction to it. Thomas Peters heading to the Live Tour. Where is this at on the radar of importance, Brian? Well, he's a good player. You know, I don't think – anybody in golf's going to lose a ton of sleep over that. It's not a Cam Smith type deal or anything like that. But, you know, again, it just shows that they're trying to get the best players from around the world on their tour and, you know, that they're trying to build a base worldwide in all the different countries. And, and I think that helps them. There are, you know, a few players there at the bottom of the live 
you know, roster that are probably going to be replaced over the next couple of years. And that's just kind of their model is that there were definitely some placeholders early on that, that will likely get replaced. But, you know, you know, even more breaking news, I think, for us is how about our own Tyler McComas and Teddy Lehman being voted uh, radio personalities of the year by the OAB. Wow. This is news to me. Congratulations, gentlemen. Very much news. Well-deserved. Well-deserved, uh, obviously. That uh, that duo, they're superstars. I mean, Teddy was already a superstar before he joined us because of his playing career, but uh, Tyler has, has morphed himself into a radio superstar, and that duo is uh, terrific, terrific on the rush. So congratulations, gentlemen. Very, very cool. Hey, I, I uh, missed out on this, Brian, too. I guess uh, I, I didn't see this when I saw the initial report that I texted along to you guys this morning. It shows you that these other two guys probably don't move the needle a whole bunch on this deal. But technically, Thomas Peters is not the only player that uh, is going to the Live Tour that was announced today. Uh, past PGA Tour winners Danny Lee and Brendan Steele as well joining the Live Golf League. Yeah, Jackson, I don't know how you think, but they don't move the needle for me much. Um, you know, if you get a little bit bigger names, I think that's going to wake, you know, make people think twice. But I, I really don't think those two move the needle much. No, not really. Brandon Steele is very much – he's he's an above-average golfer, but I would say only slightly above the bar. He's still good. and I mean, he's been in contention here in the last couple of years for, for tournaments, just hasn't closed the deal. And – Danny Lee and some of your other players, Thomas Peters. I mean, those are guys that. I mean, if you're if you're into the world of golf, you know how good they can be. But for the for the average guy, when you're trying to threaten star power and trying to get official world golf ranking credit, these those aren't the guys you're really trying to attach. I mean, for the European side, getting Thomas giving getting Thomas Peters is great for drawing a European crowd. Very popular over there. Uh, I think seven wins on the European uh, DP World Tour. Excuse me. So if you're trying to get like some of the European crowd over on your side with the with the live tour, that's probably a good move. As far as the states go, you're not really drawing a whole lot of people with the with the Thomas Peters move, considering that I don't think a whole lot of people in the United States really know, and the people who do generally generally aren't the biggest fans of Thomas Peters either. And so it's it's an interesting move. I think Thomas Peters is going to do well over there, but. Not not exactly the uh, not exactly the, the the high bar that you're trying to set for your league right now. Got to take a timeout. We're right up against it. Ben Lorenz, who finished runner-up down in Puerto Rico, will join us next. And obviously, the Sooners they won that event as a team as well. Before we do though, uh, Brian, just in closing from you, I don't know that it's a difficult case to make, but uh, tell us who's winning this week. Well, I've not been right this year, but I'm going to go with John Rom just until. Uh... You know, somebody else proves that they're better than him in my mind. I, I just think he's he's got everything, the length, the the mentality now, and I think he's going to be a guy that you look at and every tournament enters and says that's the guy to beat. Well, I I don't think uh, you can typically probably go wrong with John Rom right now. He is uh, red hot this season. Brian, appreciate it. Enjoy uh, safe travels to Kansas City and. Uh, Good to hang out with you as always. Enjoyed it, fellas. Have a good rest of the show. Have a good have a good day, Brian. Taking a timeout. We've got Ben Lorenz from Oklahoma Men's Golf joining us next right here. It's the Gimme Zone. Hanging out with you 
on a Saturday. Still time for you to jump in if you want to before we get out of here. But Bid Lorenz joins us next from OU. Gibby Zone back with you right here on The Ref. Josh Elmer alongside Jackson Robottom. One quick text, and then we'll welcome Ben Lorenz in here via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. This is from OU Architect. Guys, had my first hole-in-one Friday, February 3rd, on number two at the Trails. First off, congrats. Amazing. Also, I will be playing Payne's Valley in March. Wonder if you have any suggestions or tips. This is your wheelhouse. Jackson, what do you got for OU Architect? Well, first of all, yes, congratulations on your hole-in-one. I've been desperately awaiting my own for quite some time now. I I have Have never had one in all your your golf-playing days? I have not, and it's been frustrating. I've had a ball literally land in the hole and bounce out. Oh, man. But that doesn't count because it it bounces out. It's got to stay in the hole. So that's congratulations. That is an absolutely amazing feat. As far as tips for playing around Payne's Valley – so Payne's Valley is a kind of hilltop golf course, meaning there's a lot of runoffs. There's going to be some undulation there. And fairways there are incredibly wide, though. The trick is going to be putting. And so when you get on those greens, there's going to be a lot of curve, a lot of slope to them. You're going to want to really work on your putting. Spend some time on the putting greens and then work on a little bit of your iron game as well. Driving shouldn't be too much of an issue if you play it smart, but going in, Know that you're going to have to putt pretty well. Greens roll typically kind of quickly there. They keep, they keep it in really good condition. And then make sure your long game is a little bit good as well. So make sure that you can kind of get it to within 25, 30 feet. Get your two putts. I don't know what your handicap is. But if you're just trying to go out there and string together, let's just call it a 75 to 85 round. Then go out there, really work on putting a premium on hitting greens, and you're going to be just fine. So go out there. Spend a lot of time on the putting green before your round, and then go and hit your irons around a little bit. That'll that'll be my tips for getting around Payne's Valley. Brian said he's had six six hole in ones. Brian's his, had six hole in ones. Yeah, yeah, if I'm reading uh, his text correctly, I, I think that's what he's saying. Well, maybe he can give a couple to me. That'd be great. <laughs> right, to see if he could share. All right, uh, Ben Lorenz, who was runner up down in Puerto Rico with the Sooners individually. And uh, the Sooners, who won a team championship, joins us to discuss what was uh, another great weekend for Sooner men's golf. Joined here by junior golfer Ben Lorenz from the Oklahoma Sooners right here on the Gimme Zone. Ben, uh, red hot in the Sooners win, the, the team wins down at the Puerto Rico Classic. Ben Lorenz, he nearly won the individual championship, finishing as the runner-up, and Ben joins us. Ben, man, take me through. What uh, what was the week like, obviously, just from a team perspective first? Yeah, um, Puerto Rico is probably, you know, top two. My top two favorite trips for me, you know, getting to getting to travel, you know, different country, completely different environment. You know, you got the beach. It's just – it's a really fun trip for the, for the group to come together. And, you know, we've had some success there in the past. And this year I – put myself in a good position through a couple of rounds to maybe get the individual win, but final round wasn't really what I was looking for, but it was a, it was a great team win. I mean, that's really all we were down there to do. And it's, it's nice, nice little bonus to have a chance to win as an individual as well. So. Well, something about Puerto Rico, right? You, I know that Mm -hmm. you and the team both like it, but uh, I believe it was your lowest 54 hole score was at Puerto Rico last spring coming into this season. And then lo and behold, mm-hmm. you, you wind up shooting four shots better this go around. So what is it about Puerto Rico that fits the eye so well? Uh, yeah, I think it's just a, 
if you if you can strike it well out there, I mean, you can birdie almost every hole out there. So I think it's just, you know, it's warm weather. You can kind of just rip driver down there, and the greens are you can really just fire at a lot of those pins. So I think it just kind of suits my game well. You know, as long as a few of those putts fall in, score usually is pretty good at the end of the day. So I told Coach Hibble that to me the consistency of the program last week uh, when we were talking about the the fall win before Puerto Rico was just amazing and it Mm -hmm. needs to be talked about more what this program has been able to accomplish to have the amount of team wins that you and this program have been a part of can you put into perspective just from a player's standpoint I mean how difficult it is to go win a golf tournament as a team and how have you and this this program been able to do that with such great frequency yeah for sure um yeah, like you said, it's it's not easy, you know, winning a golf tournament. You got three rounds playing against, you know, some of the best teams in the country. And I think it just says a lot about the coaching out here. I mean, we work really hard as a team, not only on the on the golf course, but in the weight room. And we're competing a lot at home. And we kind of just get into this mindset of wanting to beat whoever you're playing with so badly that, you know, it's really good prep for our tournament weeks. And, um coach and coach bill obviously has figured that out really well and it's just i think it's just a lot of our preparation for sure so just take me back to when you're going through the recruiting process how did you land and how did you wind up at oklahoma you're obviously you're junior now and you've had a ton of success here but why oklahoma coming Mm -hmm. from arizona yeah so i First was, you know, kind of getting some interest from Coach Hibble. I want to say it was right before my sophomore year of high school. I came actually out to Edmonds and played a junior tournament out at Oak Tree. And it kind of was my first time being in this part of the country. I didn't really travel much outside of Arizona other than maybe California. But came out to Oak Tree and, you know, I think Coach was just out there doing some recruiting on some guys and, I just remember I played pretty well in that event and coach was kind of watching me the last few rounds and then ended up sending me a questionnaire. And at the time it was probably one of the first few coaches to really show interest because I, I was pretty young at the time and, you know, took a few visits and really, really liked the team aspect out here. Just super, super competitive every day in the weight room on the golf course. And I just thought it was a really good fit and a, a great transition from college to professional golf, getting me ready for that. How how attractive has that been, seeing some of the success of past golfers in the program? And, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about on our show every week, uh, Answer and, and others that are, mm-hmm. whether it's, uh, you know, abroad on the, the Live Tour or the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, mm-hmm. that has, had to have been attractive to see not just Coach Hibble's success, but I mean, that's that's the goal, right? It's to come here, win at Oklahoma, yeah. and then to, to go on professionally. So how attractive was, was that about OU? Yeah, no, it's it's really great. You know, coming in as a freshman, you're kind of the top dog in your state. But getting to OU, I mean, you go straight from the top of the food chain to the bottom. I mean, you gotta you really got to take that opportunity as, you know, an opportunity to learn from some of those older guys. When I came in, I mean, I was learning from guys like Quaid and Logan and Jonathan Brightwell, Garrett Reban. And then, obviously, my sophomore year, we had Chris. And, uh, you know, now Patrick Welch is a guy I look up to a lot. And 
it really is is just great, you know, picking their brain and seeing how they're able to perform under pressure. And it's helped me a lot over the last few years, you know, just, I think it's easy to be a good player, but you know, those guys that go to the next level are, they just have some different things that they've learned over the years that they use in big time situations. And it's, it's definitely, like you said, attractive for a program like that. So we, we see the runner-up finish down in Puerto Rico. We see the 67, 68, 71. It, it was a great tournament for you. Generally speaking, fall to spring, how's the golf game feeling for you? What do you like about it? What are you trying to tighten up? Where are you at just individually right now? Yeah, um, I I really like the way I'm kind of rolling, rolling the putter right now. Over the probably the last, you know, five years, it's, I've – luckily been able to hit it great but just haven't made enough of those putts and obviously my good rounds I've been able to sneak a few in but just not consistently making those birdie putts and you know this week in Puerto Rico I really wasn't hitting it too great but it's nice to I actually had that putter to rely on and able to make a lot of those putts and it really takes a lot of stress off knowing you don't have to hit you know 18 greens to shoot a 67 so I like I really like the way I'm putting it right now and yeah ben lorenz with oklahoma we'll have the rest of our conversation coming up next right here it's the gimme zone on the rev one final time on a saturday we're back with you it's the gimme zone right here on the rev and we've been catching up with oklahoma standout junior golfer ben lorenz who told us a little bit about well what his teammates bring to the table for oklahoma men's golf yeah um i I really like to go through the team and just different guys that do different things. Well, I like to pick their brain and, and just see how I can get better from them. I mean, we got a great squad this year. I think every single one of these guys is going to have an opportunity to play pro golf after school. And obviously, I mean, the house that I'm living at has got some great guys, you know, Stephen Campbell, Jr., the big visor himself, uh, Luke Kluver transfer from Kansas. And, you know, Jackson Dow, all three, three great guys that I'm lucky to live with and, you know, just getting, getting better from them every day. Obviously Patrick Welch, um, you know, a good buddy of mine, just, it's just a, it's a great squad to really work on all aspects of your game and learn from each person. I would imagine too. I mean, obviously, I don't know, I guess you can't be super heavily involved and, you know, maybe on a re- recruiting visit or whatever, you can say hello or whatever, but that's not, not really not really your bag, right? But just the program itself, I would think that transfers, you know, if you have an opening, I would think that talented guys would say, yeah, I want to flock to Norman. Are you kidding me? Look what they've done. Right. Yeah, I think especially in the probably the last three or four years, the transfer portal is becoming a big deal. You know, guys, some guys that, maybe are kind of late bloomers to the game don't go to a huge school for their first few years and then end up playing great and you know come into a school like Oklahoma or Texas or some big time golf program like that and coach is probably one of the best if not the best in the country at you know finding talent and finding guys that he knows can win a national championship and we've been lucky enough to bring in some great guys over the last three years that I've been with and I don't really see that changing in the next few years. Well, I'm guessing this trip to Las Vegas is not like maybe others' trips 
to Las Vegas. I'm guessing this is mostly a business trip down at the Southern Highlands Collegiate, but uh, talk to me. You, you got, uh, obviously, Las Vegas, Southern Highlands Golf Course coming up uh, on the docket next. That's February 26th through the 28th. What do you know? Uh, what do you like about Southern Highlands? Yeah, um, obviously, last year, uh, we played well as a team and got the win out there. You know, Patrick Welch winning as an individual, but I think it's just I think it's a great golf course. If the conditions are, you know, pretty moderate, not a lot of wind, I think it's it's going to be a shootout out there. But obviously in years past, we've seen the golf course firm up, you know, a lot of wind, maybe a little bit cold, and it, it can keep you on your toes. You really got to be disciplined out there. Appreciate that from Ben Lorenz, standout from Oklahoma men's golf. That's just about it for us. I will let you, Jackson, before we bid everybody adieu, you got a pick to close in the Genesis? It's hard for me not to pick Max Homa, but I'm not going to because I think with the temperature conditions right now, how the wind is going, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say Morikawa makes a run late. I'm gonna pick Morikawa to take it home. Well, I'll just take the low hanging fruit and say that Homa hangs on. Which honestly, we I need someone to. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, with Rom right there, I think a lot of people would say. Maybe even he's still not the favorite. Uh, hey, that's it for us. Jackson, great job, my friend. Have a good weekend. And for Brian Vineyard, I'm Josh Elmer saying thank you to our guest, Mike Hearn of Anera Sports. They're doing a great job putting on this Corn Ferry Tour event coming to Norman. And obviously for Ben Lorenz of Oklahoma Sooner Men's Golf, thank you so much for joining us. That's it for us. We'll see you next week right here on The Ref. It's the Gimme Zone.